0: Saying Goodbye by Wallace Gibbs Episode 22 The Final Episode July twenty-fifth, 2020 Today is day 13 since Mama died and the day that her family and friends would join together to celebrate her life. I woke up around 6.30, shaved, showered, dressed, and then headed into the kitchen where Scotty was making breakfast. Have you seen Maria? I asked. Nope, Scotty answered. I think she's still sleeping. Scotty and I sat down and ate an ample meal that included pancakes, fried eggs, and bacon. The picture that Scotty showed me last night was still on the table. Where's Charlotte? I asked. She's showering, he said. She'll be out in a minute. No sooner than Scotty had said this, Charlotte appeared at the table. "'I'm really not that hungry,' Charlotte said. "'Wallace, how did you sleep?' "'I slept well, thank you,' I said. "'Good,' Charlotte said. "'I think I'm going outside for a smoke.' "'Scotty,' I began, "'do you need help with the dishes?' "'Nope, I'm fine,' Scotty said. Why don't you go visit with your sister? She'd like that. I went to the front porch where Charlotte was sitting with a cigarette in her right hand. Have you seen that fawn lately? I asked. Almost every day, Charlotte said. That hay meadow is my favorite thing about your place here, I said. We're putting it all up for sale in a couple of weeks, Charlotte said. Why? I asked. I just can't stand the sight of that apartment. I expect Mama to walk out of it at any minute, Charlotte answered. Besides, Scotty and I have always wanted to live at the lake. My heart sank at this news. I would buy this place in a heartbeat. But where would I work? Besides, Laura would not like it up here. Charlotte and I reminisced and talked for about an hour. Maria joined us on the front porch with a cup of coffee. "'When are you going to the church?' Maria asked. "'It only takes about ten minutes to get to the church from here,' I said, "'so I would like to get there around ten o'clock to set up the PowerPoint "'to make sure that everything runs well.' "'That's about thirty minutes from now, so I'll go take a shower and get ready,' Maria said. "'I'm right behind you,' I answered." Charlotte and I visited some more, and then I, too, went and dressed in my suit. In the inside coat pocket, I can't keep recent obituaries. Troy Cody's was in there, along with Mrs. Hunt's, Laura's mom. "'Marie and I'll meet you at the church,' I told Scotty and Charlotte as Maria and I exited the house through the front door." We got into the car and drove down the private road making a left on Holly instead of our traditional right. Where will this take us, Maria asked. This will take us into the booming metropolis of Latch, Texas, I said. The church and a community center is all that is there, my kind of place. We drove down Holly Road for about two miles and then made a left turn onto Live Oak Road, which took us directly into Latch. I crossed over FM 1795 and continued down Live Oak Road for about a quarter of a mile, then took a left on Box Oak Road, and there the church was on the right side. I had been to the church several times with either Mama and or Gina when my visits would extend over a Sunday. I liked the people here. They were just genuine hard-working folks who loved the Lord. The church building consisted of the sanctuary, and that was the oldest part of the complex. It could seat about a hundred people comfortably. To the left of the sanctuary was the Sunday school building that looked like it had been built in the 1970s. To the right of the sanctuary was the fellowship hall, where we would eat lunch after the service today. A tiny bit down the road was the parsonage, a nice-looking three-bedroom house where the pastor lived. Gina's Chevy Tahoe was already in the grassy parking area across from the church, so I parked next to her. There was a Ford pickup truck in the parking lot, and Gina's Chevy Tahoe was empty, so Maria and I made our way into the sanctuary. Gina was standing in the aisle of the sanctuary talking to a man that was in his mid-thirties. "'Wallace,' Gina began, "'this is Paul, and he's going to do the sound for the service today.' I extended my hand to shake Paul's hand. "'It's nice to meet you,' I said. "'Nice to meet you, too,' Paul said. "'I'm sorry for your loss. We sure are going to miss your mama.' She was quite a character, wasn't she? I said. We're going to miss her, too. I gave Paul the flash drive that had the PowerPoint presentation, and very quickly he had the presentation with sound on the screen. I went back to my car and grabbed the order of services and the funeral pamphlet that Chris Johnson had printed for me and laid those out at the table in the entryway to the church. Gina. Maria and I stood on the front steps to the church and visited. We watched as Eugene arrived, followed by Kevin and Brittany. Shortly thereafter, a black Chevy Suburban appeared, and James from McWhorter Funeral Home got out, accompanied by his wife, Linda. They had brought the flower bouquets that people had sent, along with their own funeral pamphlet and a large portrait of Mama that had been made last year. Very nice. Charlotte and Scotty arrived. Charlotte made a bee line to go and talk with James. The two of them walked to the Suburban, where James produced four framed copies of the same photograph James had just shown me. Per our conversation, I ordered one of these for each of us, Charlotte said. They were $40 each, so if you could help me with the cost, I would appreciate it. I reached into my suit coat and pulled out my wallet. I withdrew two twenty-dollar bills and gave them to Charlotte. "'Thank you for doing this for us,' I said. "'You're welcome.' I turned to go back into the church when I noticed Matt and Tabitha Hutchison pulling into the far end of the grassy parking lot. They were in Dylan's truck and were pulling a trailer. Today they were going to move Bryce and Dylan's stuff from their house into a storage shed where it would sit until August when Daniel, Bryce, Dylan, and Nathan White would move in together at Laura Lane and College Station. I walked over to where Matt and Tabitha were to tell them how much this meant to me that they were here. "'This place is in the middle of nowhere,' Matt said. "'I know,' I said, that is why I like it and would move here in a heartbeat if I knew Laura could be happy. The three of us turned and headed towards the church when Christopher and Kate pulled into the grassy parking lot followed by Laura and Daniel in Laura's car. I met and greeted them and was about to turn to go into the church when I spotted Gary and David Adcock's pull-up followed by Mike Futrell in his Tesla. My heart was full, even though I had told my friends not to come because I didn't think anyone would be wearing mask. Here were five of my best friends in the middle of nowhere that were going to share this moment with me. I guess that you didn't have any trouble finding the place, I told Mike, referring to an error he had made last week when he showed up in Latch thinking the services were last Saturday. Ha ha, Dr. Turd. Mike said as he laughed. We all headed inside the sanctuary. Soon Cheryl and David Wright arrived. Miss Wright was one of Mama's closest friends and allies, so I was glad that she was able to make it. All of Gail's kids and grandkids had arrived along with Virgil, Isaiah, and Noah. Melody couldn't come because of her susceptibility to catching COVID due to her autoimmune condition. George Philly arrived with his dad, Mr. Philly. The last relative to arrive was my cousin, Karen Horton, Aunt Martha's daughter. When I walked into the sanctuary, I couldn't believe it. The place was completely full of Mama's family, friends, and the church members who were all here to celebrate my Mama. This affected me deeply, and I realized Many, many more people would have been here, except for the fear of COVID. As I scanned the crowd, it made me realize how many people Mama affected in her life. My niece, Heather, went to the pulpit and began the service. Good morning. My name is Heather Lumen, and I would like to welcome you to our celebration of the life of Georgia Lee Patterson Gibbs. Georgia Gibbs was my grandmother. Heather began. Grandmother was born on March 27th, 1936, in Huntsville, Texas. If you ever ask her, she would proudly proclaim that she was from Oakhurst, Texas. Grandmother was born in the middle of the Great Depression when Franklin Delano Roosevelt was President of the United States. She went to grade school in Oakhurst and then in Cold Spring, and then graduated from Tomball High School in 1954. Heather paused to scan the crowd and to collect herself. One day in 1956, Grandmother asked Granny, her mother, if she thought that she would ever get married. Granny told Grandmother that they should kneel right there in the living room and ask the Lord to send her someone to love and make it very clear who that should be. You can say that the rest is history and on May 31, 1957, grandmother married Pawpaw. Again, Heather paused. In 1959, grandmother and Pawpaw moved to Splendora, Texas, and that year welcomed their first child, Georgina. In 1962, Naomi Gale was born. Charlotte Elaine followed in 1963. In 1966, the first boy joined the family when Wallace Eugene was born. In 1968, Virgil arrived and completed the family lineup. The central focus of Grandmother and Pawpaw's marriage was their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Their marriage truly was one that was built on his solid foundation. Because of their love for Christ, they became active members of Harmony Baptist Church in New Caney, Texas, and it was at that church that so many of their lifelong friendships were formed. Pat Maddox, Nelson Vita Womack, Laverne and Skeeter Sharp, Allen and Cheryl Barlow, Elaine and Albert McKenzie, and the list goes on and on. These were the people that Grandmother and Pawpaw gave to their kids. These people were instrumental in strengthening their relationship with the Lord. I could sit here for two more hours and not even begin to tell you half the stories about my Grandmother and what she meant to me and other people in this room. So, I will tell you a condensed version of the story, and the best way to do this is to recognize all of the children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren that came about as the result of a 47-year marriage between my grandparents. Heather scanned the room and began. As I mention your names, would you please stand up? Heather asked. Those left to cherish her memory are her children, Georgina Gibbs Philly and her husband George of Pritchett, Texas. Naomi Gail Lumen and her husband, Bobby, of Cleveland, Texas. Charlotte Elaine Gage and her husband, Scotty, of Pritchett, Texas. Wallace Eugene Gibbs, Jr. and his wife, Laura, of Hearst, Texas. Virgil Maurice Gibbs and his wife, Melody, of Cold Spring, Texas. Grandmother and Pawpaw have... 15 grandchildren. As I mention your names, would you please stand up? Heather, Jacob, Paul, Amos, Naomi, Eugene, Samara, Heidi, Georgia, Kevin, Maria, Christopher, Daniel, Isaiah, and Noah. Grandmother and Pawpaw have 25 great-grandchildren. Jerry, Caden, Moses, Jeremiah, Jackson, Isabel, Charlotte Kate, Caroline, Alexandra, Charlotte Abigail, Riley, Axel, Maverick, Colin, Patricia, William, Catherine, Briar, Samuel, Oakland, Peyton, Perrin, Poppy Ray, Jameson, and then Malachi, who is due in November. Over half the people in the building were standing up by the time that Heather finished. Thank you, Heather said. Please be seated. Now, I would like to invite you to celebrate the life of my grandmother through song Memories and Scripture. As we begin to sing, I would like to remind you of Grandmother's Rule. Sing loud and proud, because you are singing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Kevin Philly, Gina's second son, got up and led the congregation in singing Wonderful Grace of Jesus. Mama would have been so pleased seeing her grandchildren leading the service to remember her. After the song, Heather got up and took her place behind the pulpit again. At this time, we would like to invite people to come up and share a memory you have about grandmother. I got up, exited the pew where I was seated, and took my place at the front of the church. I think that we would all agree that my mother was a unique person. I began. As I looked out over the audience, I could see Mike Futrell sitting in the far right corner. The Hutchisons and the Adcocks were in the far left corner. In my mind, I was wondering what they thought about being in the middle of nowhere and getting to see my entire family in one location. So many people and so many stories to relay. I'm going to tell two very brief stories that I believe characterize the strength my mama had and the love that she had for my daddy. In 1971, daddy purchased a 1969 Mustang Fastback for mama. It was a strange car to buy for your wife to drive, especially considering that all five of us had been born. As part of an out-of-town sales trip, Daddy had gone to Baton Rouge, Louisiana for several days. Mama was missing Daddy, so she loaded all five of us kids into that Mustang Fastback and took off on a four-hour journey towards Baton Rouge. No sooner than she had crossed the Texas-Louisiana border, she was pulled over by a Louisiana State Trooper. We were all super quiet as the officer approached the driver's side door. As Mama rolled down the window, Virgil suddenly blurted out, He's a policeman because he's got a gun. The tension was broken and we all laughed out loud, including the policeman. The police officer gave Mama a warning ticket and let her continue to Baton Rouge. I remember that car, Cheryl Wright shouted. It was after that when your daddy traded it in and purchased that old, ugly Ford van for your mama. She was so sad that the Mustang was gone, and she hated that old van. People in the audience laughed. The next story that characterizes my mama was when my cousin Timmy got into a fight with a boy in school back in 1968. The fight was broken up by the school teachers and everyone thought that was the end of it. To my Aunt Martha's surprise when my cousin Timmy and my cousin Karen got off the school bus that afternoon, there was the boy with his mother in my Aunt Martha and Uncle Jean's driveway. The boy's mother wanted to make sure that her son could continue the fight right there in the front yard. This put Aunt Martha who was pregnant with my cousin Kimberly, into hysterics. Aunt Martha managed to corral Timmy, Karen, and Cheryl into her car. She sped down FM 2090 to our house and ran inside crying. Mama was pregnant with Virgil and was due to deliver any time now. Once Mama could clearly understand what was going on, she got Aunt Martha, Timmy, Karen, Cheryl, and the four of us, and we went outside where the boy and his mother were standing ready to continue the fight. On the way out of the door, Mama had grabbed a baseball bat. Mama told the lady that both she and Martha were very pregnant and were in no condition to fight. So if the lady wanted to continue with this nonsense, Mama would have no choice but to knock her out with the baseball bat. Mama reassured the lady that she was very serious about this. The lady pondered the situation, then loaded up her car with her son and went home. I remember that day, Karen said. That is exactly how it happened. No one else shared a memory, so Kevin stood up and led the congregation in singing, Majestic Sweetness Sits Enthroned one of Mama's favorite songs. Afterwards, Pastor Leon Ross delivered a 15-minute sermon to the crowd. Kevin came back up and led the congregation in singing, What a Day That Will Be. It was rare any more to have all five of us in the same church building. We all had our separate church families, so it felt good to be able to hear Virgil, Charlotte, Gail and Gina, singing loud and proud with me, just like we had been taught. Heather took her place behind the pulpit again and said, At this time we'd like to give you one more opportunity to come up and share a memory you have about Grandmother. My favorite thing about Grandmother and papa was their place in Pritchett. Jacob began it was so much fun being able to come up to their house during the year and have free reign of their 14 acres. Amos and I loved going down to the pond and exploring around there. Grandmother had several geese that swam on the pond. One day, Bill the goose attacked me and Amos. We ran up to the house yelling and crying. Papa went down to the ki- pond and killed that goose, because no one hurt his grandkids. Several of the other grandkids piped in with their stories about how mean Bill was, and all of them agreed that it was good that he was gone. When the congregation had quieted down, Kevin got back up and led everyone in singing Victory in Jesus. Afterwards, Heather took her place behind the pulpit for the last time. Thank you for coming to celebrate the life of my grandmother, Georgia Gibbs. She is a person that I loved, and I will always cherish the time that I spent with her. I would like to thank Pastor Leon and the people of the Latch Missionary Baptist Church for allowing us to host this event here. I would like to thank Miss Gail Ayers for playing the piano this morning. Lastly, I would like to thank all of you that were part of the fabric in my grandmother's life. We're going to sing one last song as we close, and then the kind folks of this church congregation have prepared a meal for us in the fellowship hall. Please stay and join us as we remember one of the finest people I have known. Kevin came back to the front of the church and led everyone in singing Oh, I want to see him." After the song was over, the crowd began to file out the back doors of the church. I ran to catch Mike Futrell as he was getting in his car. "'Thank you for coming,' I said. "'I wouldn't have missed it for the world,' Mike said. "'It's strange now that neither of us has a parent that is alive. I guess that officially makes us the grown-ups.' I guess so, I laughed. Be careful going back to Dallas. I will, Mike said. When you get time, let's have lunch. Sounds good, I said. How about next week? I'll pay in celebration of your birthday that I missed this week. Oh, no, he said. I will do lunch with you, but it will be my honor to pay after all that you have been through. Mike got into his car and drove away as I headed to the fellowship hall. When I entered the building, I was amazed at how many people had stayed for the luncheon. Matt and Tabitha stayed, and I was so happy that they did so they could get to know my brothers and sisters better. The members of the Latch Missionary Baptist Church outdid themselves. For a church with a membership of around 50 people, They fed all 80 of us and still had lots of leftovers. Now I understood why Mama loved these people so much. I was told over and over how much people loved Mama and how they were going to miss her. I am going to really miss her too, I said many, many times. After the luncheon, Bobby, Gail, and all of their kids and grandkids went to Charlotte's place. Virgil and his boys, along with Gina, George, Kevin, Brittany, and Eugene, came too. Laura, Maria, Christopher, Daniel, and Kate met us there, and we fellowshiped and visited for about four hours. Laura, Maria, and Daniel left in Laura's car, followed by Christopher and Kate in his truck. They were the first to leave, and then slowly each of the Lumen kids and their families drove off back to their own lives. Virgil, Isaiah, and Noah left soon thereafter, followed by Eugene, Kevin, and Brittany. Gail and Bobby were the only ones left with me, Charlotte, and Gina. Gail pulled me to the side and handed me a $1,500 check. "'That's the last of the inheritance,' Gail said. "'Are you sure that everything is taken care of?' I asked. "'Yes, all is well,' Gail said. "'I put the check into my wallet, kissed Charlotte, Gail, and Gina, "'and then headed back to Hearst. "'I so wish that Gina could have participated in the Marco Polos "'with the rest of us during this story.' On September the 2nd, 2020, Gina finally bought a new phone and was finally able to download the Marco Polo app, and today the five of us are in constant communication. About a month after the funeral, Charlotte and Scotty put their place up for sale and moved to the lake near Jefferson, Texas. To me, that was the final way of saying goodbye to one of the finest people I have ever known. This concludes Saying Goodbye by Wallace Gibbs. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Look for more stories from the boy from Splendora, Texas. Lastly, don't forget to visit Aldridge Cleaners the next time you're in Gilmer and say hello to Charlotte.